Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our Wednesday episode for week three. We're already a good chunk of the way into the season. Plenty of exciting stuff going on out there in the NBA world. Uh, Before we get started, first of all, I'm your host, Karsten. Welcome to the show or welcome back to the show. Whether you've been listening previously or you're brand new to the podcast, either way, we appreciate your support. Um, There's plenty of episodes in the past where I've said, oh, this is going to be a shorter episode today. And then I still end up going an hour plus. Um, Excuse me. I believe today I'm going to say it's a shorter episode and that should for sure be the case because we we have our game summaries we have our, our key news we don't have a ton of news items um we'll have our game segment our 20 uh our 20 guesses game rather um but with just one person it'll really just me be me posing to you a player stat line and we'll get we'll get there when we get there and then i'll make a quick weekly prediction as well so there's not too much for our show today um also we didn't have any games tuesday so we're just focusing on monday's games and uh with that being said let's go ahead and dive right into our uh our game summaries and our key news uh the main portion of today's show Okay, and as we've been doing lately, I think we're going to focus on five main games again. Um, it just seems to be a nice way to to do it, so we're not going at length for 40 minutes about all the games when maybe half of those games were, were really, uh, you know, keynote games, if you will. Um, and we're going to start with uh, the 76ers, Philadelphia 76ers hosting the Washington Wizards. Winning a nice game, uh, final score 146 to 128, winning at home. And Joel Embiid, in particular, with a stellar game in this one. Um, as far as the flow of the game, uh, competitive first quarter, but then the Sixers opened up a big lead in the second, and that was really kind of all she wrote um, for for all intents and purposes. Um, the Wizards actually were better in second chance points. Otherwise, it was similar stats or the Sixers kind of leading most statistical categories in this game. Nothing, nothing too crazy there. Um, of course, for the, uh, the big storyline in this game for the Sixers, Joel Embiid's play, especially in the third quarter, he scored 29 third quarter points, uh, nine of nine from the free throw line. And then all 10 of his attempts from the floor, <clears throat> excuse me, no three point attempts in there. So a good mix of, of, old school scoring, post scoring, maybe some mid range, you know, and then getting to the line and converting from the line as well. Uh, he accounted for uh, two, about two thirds of the Sixers points in that period. Um, yeah. Pretty stellar game all around. And uh, he finished the game with 48 total points, 11 rebounds, six assists, a steal and a block. Um, he shot 68% from the floor in total. Um, 14 to 14 from the free throw line for the game. Tyrese Maxey has 22 points, 11 assists, a steal and a block. They got 18 from Tobias Harris, 14 from DeAnthony Milton, and then 11 points off the bench for one of the newest Philadelphia 76ers. That's Nicholas Batum. Um, some points as well for Marcus Morris and Robert Covington getting some spot minutes um, as they've <clears throat> either debuted for the Sixers or Covington in Covington's case. Returning to the Sixers, I still think that's a very fun, um, fun storyline, if you will, if a very minor one. 
Um, as far as the Wizards were concerned, <clears throat> they were led by Kyle Kuzma, 28 points, 60% from the floor, also six boards and four assists for him. Uh, Jordan Poole, 23 points and six assists, uh, 16 points for Denny Avdia with six assists and five boards, 12 points each for Daniel Gafford and Tyus Jones, and then 10 points off the bench for Bilal Kulabali. So not a terrible game for the Wizards. The Sixers were just, uh, and Embiid in particular, were just really locked in. And uh, credit to them for being able to get that win and a, a big game for Embiid in particular. Uh, let's jump to the next game, a huge a, a route, basically. And a game that, actually, I'll just, this was a news item. I'll just talk about it here. A game that saw head coach Rick Carlisle get his 900th career regular season victory. Um, and it came against the San Antonio Spurs and Greg Popovich, of course, the the leader of active coaches by far in uh, regular season win total. But yeah, the, the Indiana Pacers went at home against the San Antonio Spurs, 152 to 111, uh, 41 point margin of victory. Big game for for them in particular. And uh, the Spurs, you know, maybe just not as sharp as they could have been looking at the scores for them. They were led by Keldon Johnson. Uh, actually, they were led by Doug McDermott, 17 points off the bench. He was their leading scorer, four of six from three-point range. Keldon Johnson, the leading scorer of the starters, was 16 points, three boards, three assists. Wemby had 13 points, 10 boards, two blocks and a steal. Um not as great of a game. He was 25% from the floor overall. Zach Collins, 14 points, five boards, and two assists, and uh, 10 points off the bench as well for Charles Bassey. They played a ton of guys. Uh, of course, when you get into the, the fourth quarter and you have a huge deficit, that's when you really start playing your full uh, full lineup. But, um, yeah, you look at things for the, the Pacers, and they just had a ton of guys who were in a great offensive rhythm. I mean, they shot just about 58% from the floor as a team, and they were 52% from three-point range, 95% from the free-throw line. Uh, just seemed like they couldn't miss. I mean, the, the, as a team, they only missed one free-throw all day. Um, they were led by Tyrese Halliburton, of course, 23 points, eight assists, a steal and a block. Um, great percentages all around. They had uh, 19 points each from both Obi Toppin and Buddy Heald. Uh, they had 15 from both Miles Turner and Aaron Neesmith. Uh, Neesmith and Heald scoring, by the way, coming off the bench in this case. And then 10 points for Benedict Matherin. Uh, Miles Turner also with 11 rebounds in this game. Just very well-rounded. They also got nine off the bench each from Jalen Smith and Andrew Nemhard. Um, A ton of scoring, a ton of balanced scoring all around. Um, they they out-rebounded the, the Spurs. They out-assisted the Spurs. They just really outplayed the Spurs all around. And they even got a huge highlight reel block from Isaiah Jackson, one of the players I like uh, the most from that Pacers team. <clears throat> on Wembenyama, I mean, they both get, I mean, Wemby's, you know, up there already. And then Jackson goes up sky high to be able to get the block. Huge defensive play. And again, a great win for the the Pacers. They've shown a lot of moxie this season and they get a nice win against the uh, the San Antonio Spurs and Wembenyama. So that's our second game. Let's move to the third game. This is probably the biggest storyline. Of course, the James Harden saga now he's with the Clippers, and tonight it was the debut of James Harden on the L.A. Clippers in Madison Square Garden against the New York Knicks, and uh, they lose on the road to the Knicks. Final score, 111-97 to in favor of the New York squad. Um, back and forth game until the fourth quarter, and the Knicks really just went on a tear, uh, shooting the ball, getting out on the break, 
making nice plays and their their bench really was a, a big factor as well. Looking at the scores for the uh, the Clippers, 18 points from Kawhi Leonard. He led the team in scoring. Harden and Westbrook with 17 points each. Paul George with 10, 14 off the bench for Norman Powell. Um, two blocks and a steal for Ibiza Zubats. Uh, George, Paul George also had three steals. Um, so they had a lot of, you know, things you'd like to see out of the Clippers as far as the, the talent all being on the floor and um, looked like it worked more often than not in the sense of, uh, you know, a, an offensive rhythm, I suppose. But um, the Knicks were just, they were just locked in. They were hot. Um, RJ Barrett with 26 points, Julius Randle though with 27 to lead the team, uh, 10 boards, three assists for him as well. Uh, RJ Barrett with six boards, four assists, uh, a little high on turnovers for both those guys, but they shot great percentages. And again, the team was able to uh, hold on to the ball pretty well outside of those guys. Uh, Mitchell Robinson with 13 points, 15 boards and four steals, uh, 10 points off the bench for Josh Hart with seven assists, two steals, uh, and then 12 points for Dante DiVincenzo off the bench with a, with six boards an assist, a steal, and a block. Um, DiVincenzo, three of five from three-point range as well. Um, and I want to say, let me go ahead and pull up the <clears throat> quarter-specific stats to make sure. Yeah, two of three from three-point range in the fourth quarter. Um, Barrett with 11 in that fourth quarter. DiVincenzo really in those, you know, especially the, the second half and the, the fourth quarter, really pivotal in making sure the Knicks got the victory at home. So, Great game for the Knicks. They they got off to a great offensive start in that second half. Um, they were able to close it out. Clippers didn't look bad. Um, they just didn't get the win in this one. They couldn't stop the fast break uh, in that fourth quarter. So we'll have to see how it looks over the next couple of games uh, to really be able to start evaluating, at the very least, what, uh, what this Clippers team looks like with James Harden. But uh, a great win for the Knicks otherwise. Uh, let's move to that fourth game. We're talking uh, the Heat and the Lakers in Miami and the Miami Heat edge uh, edge out like a close win here. Uh, 108 to 107, your final score. The Lakers with a chance to win it at the end. Uh, they miss a game, a potential game winning shot. Um, closely fought contest and uh, back and forth affair. The Heat held the biggest lead of the game at 13 points. That was towards the end of the third. The Lakers brought it all the way back, and again they had a shot to uh, to win it at the end. Uh, looking at the scores for the Lakers, they were led by LeBron James, thirty points, four boards, three assists, three blocks, and a steal. Fifty six percent from the floor. He missed all four of his three point attempts, but still, I mean, the way he controlled that game, especially in the uh, the second half here, he had seventeen points in the second half, three blocks and a steal, um, eight of thirteen from the floor in the second half. I mean, he was locked in and not showing any signs of his age. Austin Reeves with the near triple double, 23 points, 10 boards, nine assists looked very good in this game. Uh, 13 points for D'Angelo Russell and then 12 points off the bench for Christian Wood. Only nine points for Anthony Davis. Definitely a letdown game. You figure if they get a little more production out of him, uh, maybe they have a better chance of winning this game. But credit Miami, you know, uh, Jimmy Butler, 28 points, six assists, four boards and two steals. One of his better games of the season so far. And then really Bam Adebayo, 22 points, 19 rebounds and 20 assists. When I looked originally, that was 20 rebounds. Maybe they took one of those off uh, for whatever reason. Sometimes the NBA will amend stat lines based on a, on a review. Uh, more often we see it with like the, you know, last second, last ditch effort for a triple double, and then it gets wiped off. But um, 
Yeah, they wiped away a rebound. So 19 boards, 10 assists, two steals, two blocks. Dominant all around. Tyler Hero, 22 points, five boards, five assists, and three steals. Those three guys, they're three stars, really powered them to the victory here. They also got 12 points off the bench for Duncan Robinson. Um, and a again, a great win for the Miami Heat. Um, even though the Lakers really gave them a great fight, you know. And the Lakers not starting as hot as maybe you'd like to see, but Compared to what they started with last season, they're still not in a terrible spot and they have a chance to, uh, you know, maybe they get a a, a stretch in their in their uh, schedule in the near future where they're playing teams that aren't as, you know, competitive. Maybe they can start stringing the wins together, get the momentum going, but they definitely need Anthony Davis's production. But otherwise, great win for the Miami Heat. And finally, we'll wrap things up with maybe the wildest game from uh, Monday's action, and that is the Minnesota Timberwolves winning at home against the uh, previously undefeated Boston Celtics, 114 to 109 in overtime, your final score for the Timberwolves. This is the second previously undefeated team they've beaten. They also beat the, uh, the nuggets who were undefeated at that time. Anthony Edwards, a big part of it. Looking at the flow of the game, there were 17 lead changes in this one. Um, No team held a lead bigger than eight and it was tied 13 times throughout the game. Very competitive back and forth affair for the Celtics. They were led by Jason Tatum, 32 points, five boards, two assists and five steals. Albeit with six turnovers, but still a very pretty good all-around game. 26 points for Jalen Brown with seven boards and four assists. They got 20 from Kristaps Porzingis, five boards and assists to steal a block. 12 points, 10, uh, 12 points, 11 boards for Drew Holiday with six assists. And then 11 points off the bench for Sam Hauser, who was three of eight from three-point range. Um, pretty great production all around for the Celtics from those guys. Um, only three points from Al Horford starting. Um in place of Derek White, no Derek White in this game. You figure um, he could have helped out a little bit. And also they didn't, outside of Hazard, they didn't get a lot of bench scoring, which was certainly a factor. Meanwhile, for the Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards, 38 points, nine boards, seven assists, um, 60% from the floor. <clears throat> and in that overtime period, um, let me go ahead and pull that up. I mean, he had eight points in the overtime period, four of six from the floor was just really in a groove in that time, uh, really powered the Timberwolves to the win in the overtime period. Um, 20 points for Jaden McDaniels, four of nine from three-point range, a little more offensive uh, firepower from him than we typically see. He's a little more defense and and boards and that kind of thing. Uh, Rudy Gobert, 14 points, 12 boards, an assist and a block. Carl Anthony Towns, seven points, 10 boards, and three assists. And then off the bench, Nas Reed with 14 points, four boards, two assists, two steals, two blocks. Um, I love what the Timberwolves are doing right now. They uh, they slipped into our top 10, both mine and Wyatt's top 10, uh, in, this mo- in the most recent power rankings. And now with a win against Boston, along with a win against the uh, the Denver Nuggets, they're currently fourth as uh, as we're recording this, five and two. That could potentially be including um, a, a game from tonight's slate. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but one of the top four teams in the West, Anthony Edwards, really proving the people who had picked him as a, as a breakout player, uh, most improved player um, this season, proving them. Uh, to be uh, to be accurate as far as that being a possibility. And uh, Timberwolves look great. 
exciting things in Minnesota to say the least, but that is the, uh, the five games that I really wanted to focus on from our Monday action. Let's go ahead and real quick breeze through the rest of the games. We didn't have a chance to cover. Firstly, the Dallas Mavericks won in Orlando against the Magic, 117 to 102. Uh, Doncic, 29 points, three boards, six assists uh, to outduel Palo Bencaro, 22, five and six. Uh, decent all round game, but the Mavericks win that one. The Golden State Warriors win in Detroit against the Pistons, 120 to 109. Curry with 34 points, two boards, four assists. He continues his uh, tear recently of, of 30 plus point. Uh, games he's had more of those than not i would say so far this season he's been great and they got the win there uh the milwaukee bucks won on the road in brooklyn against the nets 129 to 125 uh out outdoing cam thomas who had 45 points in this game continuing to just light up the scoreboard uh Giannis, though, was 36 points and 12 boards to uh to pace the bucks there the Oklahoma City Thunder won at home against the Atlanta Hawks, 126 to 117. Shakeel just Alexander, 30 points, eight boards, six assists. Uh, DeJounte Murray, 29, four boards, six assists uh, for them. Houston Rockets won at home against the Sacramento Kings, 122 to 97. Alperen Sengun with 17 points and 12 assists to lead the Rockets there. The Chicago Bulls won at home against the Utah Jazz, 130 to 113. Markinen for the Jazz, 29 points, five boards, three assists. Um, maybe one of the better individual performers, but the Bulls had a better all-round game as a team for sure in that game. And then finally, the Denver Nuggets winning at home against the New Orleans Pelicans, 134 to 116, overcoming a breakout game from the uh the rookie that I liked coming out of the draft. Uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans, Jordan Hawkins, 31 points, seven boards, three assists, uh, shades of Ray Allen and Rip Hamilton and Ben Gordon, that UConn legacy that I talked about at the time. But Jokic, 35 points, 14 boards, 12 assists, doing his usual Jokic thing. Hard to overcome that when you're the uh, the opposing team. So that's your Monday action. And again, on Wednesday, we will be able to or not Wednesday on Friday. Today is Wednesday on Friday's show. We'll talk about tonight and Thursday's action. So Wednesday and Thursday's action. But otherwise, that takes care of uh, our games real quick. Running through our news. We mentioned Rick Carlisle getting his 900th career win um, real quick. Some injury updates uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. First guard Terry Rozier. The third is going to miss the next two games with a groin injury. Um so definitely wishing him the best as he recovers from that for the Utah jazz. This one's definitely tough. Uh, Walker Kessler is out uh, for the next two weeks, at least with an elbow injury. Um, it's after those two weeks, he's going to be reevaluated. So definitely no guarantees that he's back after those two weeks. So two week minimum uh, definitely for me as a jazz fan, tough to see that wishing him the best as he recovers from that. And then also uh, guard Jamal Murray for the Denver Nuggets. This is tough news. He's out three to four weeks with a hamstring strain. Not as bad as I suppose it could have been, but you're about a month without Jamal Murray, Jokic having to do a little bit more than maybe you'd otherwise expect. Murray, of course, that was the X factor going into last year's playoffs. You know, if he's healthy, then the Nuggets are a contender. He was healthy. They won a championship. If they miss a good amount of time uh, from Jamal Murray, he's not on the floor. They can still be a top team. They can string together enough wins to to maintain that spot, I would think. Um, but you definitely like to have him back and up to speed. So we're wishing him the best as he recovers from that injury. Um, front office news for the Miami Heat. They have hired Udonis Haslam for a front office role as vice president of basketball development. Of course, this was his first season uh, post-retirement, but now he's going to be rejoining the Miami Heat. 
in an effort to maintain that heat culture that they've now plastered on a, uh, a, a, I don't want to say a poorly designed Jersey, but, a I don't know. There wasn't as much put into that Jersey as maybe there could have been, but regardless the heat culture, you know, we hear about it ad nauseum at this point, but, uh, regardless, he should be a great fit for that organization and what they, uh, what they try and do. So definitely exciting to see that. Uh, for the Phoenix Suns, guard Bradley Beal is going to make his regular season debut for the Suns tonight in Chicago versus the Bulls. So by the time we're recording this, he's probably already played. And then finally, uh, for the Pelicans, forward Zion Williamson is out tonight at Minnesota versus the Timberwolves. So hopefully he's not out longer than that single game. So uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. So that is your key news for today. Real quick, let's jump to that that game segment and I'll explain exactly what that entails uh, once we get to that point. Okay, here we go. So this is really just going to be a couple of minutes. I'm going to give you, the listener, the player's stat line, and then you'll be able to check on our social medias to find the answer tomorrow posted for this 20 guesses player. So it's not really 20 guesses. It's more just guess that player based on the clues I'll give you. But uh, when you have a one-person show and it's a two-player game, uh, we got to find some way to try and do it. So here we go. This player, and I'll even give you some stats that I won't have on the social media page, but this player played for how many seasons? 13 seasons in the NBA. Um, their career stat line, 18.8 points per game, 7.4 assists, 2.3 rebounds with 1.1 steal and 0.1 blocks. So that is their career stat line. They shot 81% from the free throw line for their career, 46.7% uh, from the floor, and uh, about 22% from the three-point line. Uh, so that is their career stat line. Their teams that they played for, uh, I'll go ahead and give you that as well. They played for the uh, the Kings, the Nets, and the Celtics. They also played for the Bucks, which is not going to be on the social media post. That's a forgotten tenure. So maybe a little more clues than you need. But that is the player we're focused on, a uh, bit of a scoring point guard. So that's the, the player, and we'll see if people are able to guess who that is. And again, we'll have that on the social media, so we'll also take this time to really quick – plug that for you uh, on both Instagram and Facebook. It's crossover across time. Pretty straightforward to find us there on Twitter or X, whichever you prefer. Uh, it's X over across time. That's our specific username just because of the, uh, the character limit there. So X over across time. But I think if you search crossover across time, you might still be able to find it um, on all three of those. You'll find a link tree that links to any of the other social media pages, but also links to where you can find the podcast itself. Of course, you're already listening to it, but just if you're not aware, all the places you can listen, it's on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and RSS.com. So that is everywhere you can find it. And again, the social media side will have this uh, posted and we'll post the answer to this tomorrow for our 20 guesses uh, player. So definitely be on the lookout for that. And um, 
with that, we'll jump real quick into our weekly predictions for a quick uh, prediction there. Weekly predictions. Okay, my weekly prediction is maybe one of the boldest I've done. I'm I'm going a lot. I'm kind of putting a lot of eggs in one basket with this one. Um, with the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors, they've had a, a pretty solid start to the season. They haven't been one of the top teams in the East, but you wouldn't really expect that. Um, to me, they're they're a play-in mix type team. They can make the play-in very easily with some of the talent they have. Um, so they've been living up to that hype uh, for at least to start the season. Great productions from their players, guys with a little more room to emerge now that Vet, uh, Fred Van Vliet, the former all-star, he signed with Houston. And one of those guys is Scotty Barnes, of course, rookie of the year from two seasons ago, and he's had an electric start to the season. Let me go ahead and pull up the uh, the stat line for you here. Um, Scotty Barnes, and he's... Uh, you know, a versatile forward, unique game. He hasn't really seen much of a minutes increase, but all of his stats have increased. I mean, shooting above 50% from the floor, above 40% from three, um, about the same from the free throw line, but he's averaging about 22 points a game, nearly 10 boards, six assists, um, a steal a game and two blocks a game. Monster stat line so far through seven games. And with that, I'm going to make a really bold prediction. I think the Scotty Barnes will not only be an all-star this season, which is maybe hot enough already, but I think he will also finish in the top five in defensive player of the year voting. Mic drop. (laughs) Now this is a very good chance that neither of these things happen. And uh, that's some of the fun of the the predictions is we can come back and see, okay, well, this was a prediction we made and it wasn't, uh, wasn't quite on the mark, but I think this has a chance, you know, maybe more the all-star or actually maybe even more the defensive player of the year thing than the all-star um, or maybe they're an equal chance, but uh, I like what I've seen from him so far in the Raptors feels like it has a, uh, a chance to happen. So I'm going to go with that for our week three weekly prediction. And with that, let me go ahead and give you our this day in history fact before we wrap things up for you. So today we're going back to uh, 1994, uh, November 8th of 1994. Cleveland became the second NBA team to open a new arena during the 1994 to 1995 NBA season as 2000, sorry, 20,562 fans filed into Gund Arena to watch the defending NBA champion Houston Rockets shade the Cavaliers 100 to 98. So pretty close game. But uh, yeah, that was an exciting time. And I want to say that Gund Arena still lives in the form of Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I don't think they've sold the naming rights again recently, have they? Let's just make sure we uh, look this up and get it accurately. Um, would not want to misreport. Yes, it was first opened as Gund Arena, I, I figured. But of course, this is the the current arena of the Cavaliers and LeBron's home in his two tenures with the Cavaliers. So definitely historically significant for that building to have opened Uh on this day in history. So that's uh, that's that for you. So 
with that, that's the end of our show. Again, a little bit of a shorter show, maybe about a half hour, but I want to thank everyone for listening again. We really appreciate your support on the show. We'll be back on Friday with a little bit more of a in-depth show. We'll do our franchise focus for the Brooklyn Nets. We'll talk fantasy Fridays. Um, we'll get you prepared for the weekend as well. So definitely tune in for that. Thank you again for listening. And we'll be back with you on Friday's show. Have a good weekend. Not weekend. Weekend.